Okay, well, praise the Lord. Let's look, let's look at angels again this morning. Uh, oh, and uh, let's start. I'm looking at the, the book of Hebrews right here, Hebrews chapter chapter 1. And Hebrews chapter 1, remember the book of Hebrews, we studied this whole thing. It was basically, you could sum it all up, and Jesus is your high priest. I mean, it's just, oh, uh, <clears throat> not can be. He is your high priest. This is written to you and I. You know, these are just facts. But in chapter 1, he's comparing how great Jesus is compared to, and one of the things he has in comparison is the angels. Well, the angels were created. God was always there. Jesus was always there. And so God speaks of his angels, verse 7, as, men, as messengers swift as the wind and as servants made of flaming fire. Now, he was not trying to be poetic and try to get a point across. No, he's telling you the truth. We find in the scriptures when angels showed up, boy, people were running for cover. They were like, oh my goodness, it was, it was scary, you know. People were afraid. And what did that angel have to say usually? Be not afraid. <laughs> they can't help it that they got the best looking clothes in the world. They can't help it that they're covered with glory. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> uh, but the truth is, is they still are <clears throat> called servants made of flaming fire. Anyway, but he says of his son, your kingdom, O God, will last forever. In other words, referencing Jesus as being God. Of course he was. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Skip down a little further here and um, look down at verse 13. And God did not ever, and did God ever say to an angel as he does to his son? Now remember, this is an important thing to recognize right here. God doesn't just believe in angels. It's like, are you kidding? The Bible infers to us facts. Angels are there whether we believe it or not. They're, I mean, they're there. You can be, the, like say, the best Christian in the world and have trouble wondering whether or not God made angels. That's not going to change it. Angels are still there. And they're still caring for you as well. But anyway, did God ever say to an angel, as he does to his son, sit here beside me in honor until I crush all your enemies beneath your feet? Um, two points I want to make there again. One is, of course, uh, Angels are just part of the makeup of creation. <clears throat> but anyway, the second thing here is, uh, uh, if you'll notice here, until I crush all your enemies beneath your feet. I mean, sometimes we, we hear things like, well, you can't always win, and it's not all about victory. Oh, yes, it is, too. See, we're in a world of darkness, and there's bad things going on all around us. And Jesus has come to rescue us, and you can see it here summed up in what Jesus in what God says here. Uh, now look at verse 14. <clears throat> no, for the angels are only spirit messengers sent out to help and care for those who are to receive salvation. To do what? To help and care. To help and care. Well, in a nutshell, before I get any further here, let's run back to the book of Psalms because we find out some things about angels right here. Things we've heard a lot, especially here at church, but uh, I'm going to uh, mention them again just to be uh, <clears throat> uh, on target here. Let's go to, uh, I'm going to go to Psalm 34. And in Psalm 34, look down here at uh, verse 7. For the angel of the Lord guards and rescues all who reverence him. Now, don't worry about that big word there. If we could condense that down, that just means trust him. Okay, it's not like, well, I don't think I reverence him today because I, I made a mistake. I, pff, you reverence him because you're thinking about it, <laughs> you know. I mean, 
you're either in or you're out in the book of Psalms. I mean, you'll hear the righteous and the unrighteous. Don't ever think you're the unrighteous. Oh, mercy. The unrighteous wouldn't even care. You do care. Now, again, he guards and rescues all, okay, who trust him. We could look at this in the King James Version. That's what it would say. Anyway, verse 6. This poor man, back up, cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard him, saved him out of his troubles. Wow. So no wonder the book of Hebrews tells us that, hmm, that they are to help and to care for all those who belong to the Lord. Okay. Uh, before we go any further here, let's jump down to uh, a phrase in Psalm 91. Oh. And in Psalm 91, let's go down here to verse here that we know. talks about angels. Uh, back up just a little bit. Uh, for he, look at that, verse 11. For he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. I wish he would do that. He did it. See, there's where faith has got to come in. You've got to recognize and say, you know what? This is mine. I was reading this um, this particular psalm out of, uh, it's called uh, the easy to read version. I mean, there's so many versions, but anyway, uh, oh, nothing wrong with that. It's just, like I say, some of these words can get real big. Well, let me, let me, I'll just show you. Watch this. Go back to the King James and look at verse 11. Uh, oh, <clears throat> verse 11, and you can understand why we got to have some help. For he shall give his angels charge. Charge? Was he going to give him a credit card? I mean, what's that mean? Charge over there. Oh, he's going to give his angels power over me. No, it was to protect you. We, we don't use that word charge today. I charge you, Dustin, my son. What? Dustin be like, charge me what? what I, I owe you money? No. It means command. I'm telling you something I need you to do. You know. But anyway, he shall give his angels command over thee to keep thee. In other words, he gave, and the word keep, oh, the angels don't like us. Remember what we just discovered? That word was protect. Praise the Lord. Wow. But anyway, um, <clears throat> the um, easy to read version, f- fantastic. It was just wonderful. I, I ran over here and read this uh, oh, starting in verse 1. And I don't have it up here, otherwise it would be great here. But it, none, I, could, I could share it with you. But anyway, look at verse 1 in Psalm 91. We live within the shadow of the Almighty, sheltered by God who is above all gods. This I will declare... That he alone is my refuge, my, look at this, place of safety. You know, it just doesn't matter how bad things get to you and I. We should have a secret grin that we can pull out going, it ain't going to get me. I'm going to make it. Now, how can you say that? Well, I want to keep going here, but look, look look what all he's saying you're safe from. He rescues you from every trap and protects you from the fatal plague. I mean, can anybody say cancer? I mean, gee. I don't know why we think God quits when he gets to cancer. No, he quits is because we quit. Notice it says his faithful promises are your armor. Now, what if I didn't want to take on that armor? Well, then I'd be pretty afraid. But don't be, praise the Lord. Verse 5 again talks about plagues. Now, look at verse 7. A thousand shall fall at my side. Now, this is something that we are supposed to say. Not say I have read it. Oh, I read that. It's something you say. Though a thousand fall at my side, and I mean, you might feel like you're going to lose your mind if you saw that, but this is the reason for this. 
Though it's the same thing Psalm 46 says. The mountains picked up and were thrown into the sea. Though that happened, I'm not moved. I am protected, Psalm 46 says. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. When Green Mountain hops up over there, jumps clear across into Tennessee, Phil and I are not going to be moved. I'll call him on the phone and say, did you see that? I'll tell Bob, my mom and all, did you see that? i tell you what, praise God, I'm all right. And if one of us decided to say, how do you know you're going to be all right? You would say Psalm 46, Psalm 91. Now, what does it say here in Psalm 91? Though a thousand fall at my side, though ten thousand. Now, I wonder if this is for us today. Just had a thought here. Well, why, is it, why are we reading it? I mean, I mean, it, it should be disappearing ink. No, it's ours. Though ten thousand are dying all around me. Wow. The evil will not touch me. And why ultimately? You know, you can read it. For Jehovah is my refuge. I choose the God above all gods to do what? Shelter me. Now, here's where a disaster we're headed for right now in our society. You have Christian friends. I have Christian friends that don't even know God does this anymore. They know that he has the power, but they don't think he will do it for them. Now, that's a mistake. I'm not going to condemn any of my friends. I know where they're coming from. You turn on the TV, it's, it, they don't ever tell you, unless you're watching some program that they're saying the same things I am, telling us from the Bible. But most of the time, it's, you know, win some, lose some. Now, I don't want to put God in the box. I'm going to put him right where he is in the Bible, praise the Lord. Now, let's run over to the book of Acts. Now that we know we got these angels. In the book of Acts, let's go to chapter 1. Here we go. Acts chapter 1. And let's see. Uh, about a little ways down through there. Jesus, we see, ascends up into heaven. Okay. Verse 9. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. It was not long afterward that he rose into the sky and disappeared into a cloud. What a sight. Well, there was a lot of people there. It wasn't just Peter, James, and John. Everybody's seen this. As they were straining their eyes for another glimpse... Kind of like watching a space shuttle go up. I can still see it. I can still see it, you know. Well, all of a sudden, two white-robed men were standing there among them. Whoa! Where'd these guys come from? Now, what are these men? What are these fellas? Well, of course, they're angels. And they said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring at the sky? Jesus has gone away to heaven, and someday, just as he went... He will return. Well, then they said, okay. Well, Jesus said, go to Jerusalem. So they head back to Jerusalem. But anyway, the point was, this happened. Let's go to the fifth chapter. Verse 17. Richard, how do you know all these verses? Well, I looked this one up this morning. <laughs> I know another verse that's called 517. Remember that one, 2 Corinthians 517? If any man be in Christ. Okay, well, anyway. <clears throat> Verse 17 here, the high priest and his relatives and friends among the Sadducees reacted with violent jealousy. Now, they were mad at Jesus, uh, actually his disciples. And if, if you back up just one verse, notice what disturbed them. Every one of them was healed. Now, where's Jesus when you need him? Well, he's in heaven. Notice what was happening here. And the more believers were added to the Lord, crowds, both women and children, sick people were brought into the streets. Now, I am so tired of people talking about healing all the time. We need to get back to getting Aaron here to learn to live better for Jesus and Dustin to live right and have better thoughts. Now, wait a minute. No, whoa, 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 wait a minute. 
That's not the way the gospel is. If you're hurting this morning, your body's hurting, you know, your stomach's hurting, your back's hurting, you got anything hurting, let me tell you, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And more believers were added to the Lord, crowds, both men and women, sick people were brought into the streets and on beds and mats so that at least the, the, the shadow, the, excuse me, at least the Peter's shadow would fall on some of them as he went by. So in other words, healing, there's nothing wrong with healing here. Oh, healing is just part of it. So uh, anyway, watch what happened here. And the crowds came in from Jerusalem and the suburbs, bringing their sick folks and those possessed by demons, and every one of them was healed. Now, that explains verse 17. The high priest, his relatives, and friends. (laughs) Relatives and friends? What's that got to do with it? They got their own mob. And arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. Well, party pooper. I guess it was the Lord. No, it wasn't. Because look what the Lord did in verse 19. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Now, it wasn't like they were stunned. Wow, this is unheard of. No, this was just what happens. You've got angels around you as well. Oh, let's go to the 12th chapter. Watch this. See if we can figure this one out. Oh, let's see. At about that time, King Herod moved against some of the believers and killed the apostle James, John's brother. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish leaders, he arrested Peter during the Passover celebration and imprisoned him, placing him under guard of 16 soldiers. Herod's intention was to deliver Peter to the Jews for execution after the Passover. Hmm. Verse 5. But earnest prayer was going up to God from the church for his safety. Hmm. All the time he was in prison. Well, it'd be nice if that stuff worked. Well, wait a minute. Watch what happens. The night before he was to be executed, praise God, he was asleep, double-chained between two soldiers with others standing guard before the prison gate. You know, we read these stories, and they're fantastic, and I never would quit reading these stories because we read these stories, and you'll hear this as we keep reading here, and you'll have your own story the rest of this week. You'll be laying in bed, and you'll know, you know what, just like that angel came and woke up, woke up Peter the Lord did something for me this week. Saved me from disaster or whatever. And it's fantastic. And of course, that's what the Bible is about. These are not funny books. These are real things that took place. You ever heard of the word apologetics? Apologetics come out in the church back around the 11th century, 12th century, 13th century. These men were uh, attorneys and whatever. And they would write down when people say, well, this stuff is a bunch of fake. And they would go, ah, hmm. And they would go get an answer. And sometimes it was before the king. And they'd say, well, uh, king, you said there was no such thing as the 12 disciples. Uh, We did a little research here. Here's the names of their families and such. And uh, scratch that one. And the king would go, oh, okay, well, I got another thought. Usually fed by somebody else who hated God or whatever and didn't want anything to do with Jesus. And they would come up with something else. But anyway, it's called apologetics. <clears throat> Do any research. Any, uh, it's fascinating reading. 
I mean, fantastic. One of them is, uh, uh, I've got one little book, it's, it's just evidence that demands a verdict, you would call it that. Evidences. But anyway, wow, watch this. So here's what happened here. When suddenly there was a light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood beside Peter. The angel slapped him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Now, you need to know, just like when I was trying to hook up that trailer this morning, that chain was going to fall off. It was going to, somehow, way, in the name of Jesus, that was going to disconnect. And you need to know this too. Jesus is praying in Luke chapter, I think it's Luke, um, let's see, it's 24, 23, 20. Uh, 20. Let me get to it, but anyway. Uh, he's praying, and the Bible says while he was praying, remember he's saying, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thine be done. And he's sweating great drops, drops of blood. The Bible says an angel appeared unto him, strengthening him. Well, Jesus doesn't need an angel to believe in God. There's strength emanating from these beings. And these angels are around you and I, whether or not you see them or not. I mean, how many times have you thought, well, I just didn't think I could carry on and I did it anyway. Hello! God gave you that strength, didn't He? Praise the Lord. See you later, brother. Okay. Oh, so here we go. Look at verse, uh, well, we're still there here at verse 8. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your shoes. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter, what happens next? Following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a dream or a vision and didn't believe it was really happening. They passed the first and the second cell block and came to the iron gate of the street. Oh, and this opened to them of its own accord. So they passed through and walked along together for a block, and the angel left him. In other words, the angel left him right when everything's coast is clear. But you see how the door opened on its own? You know, I just, I just think it's amazing. Watch what Peter says when he got over to these people's house. Finally, he realized what happened. He said, it's really true, he said to himself, the Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jews were hoping to do for me. Well, again, I've said this a million times, but again, are we going to go ask Peter about this story when we get to heaven? Well, maybe. I probably have other things I'd want to ask him. So why was this in the Bible? This is to tell me that the same Jesus will help me. Let's go to a passage here oh, in... Uh, Oh, Second Corinthians. No, no, no. First, first. I'm going to go first Corinthians. Chapter 13. Oh, the love chapter. Yes. And look what that says. If I had the gift of being able to speak in other... Let me, let's, let, let me switch this to the, the King James just a second. If I had the gift... Excuse me. Though I speak with the tongues of men... Look at that. And angels. Well, it doesn't make sense because there's... No such thing as angels. Oh, yes, there is, too. Yes, there is. We've heard that a bunch. It's so funny. Our society is covered up with the knowledge of the scriptures about angels. You know, remember, we entertain angels unawares. We're familiar with that. Praise the Lord. Uh, Look at this one over here in 2 Corinthians. Even this one is heard a bunch. You may not have heard it in a while, but let's go over here and look at this. Oh, I'm in 2 Corinthians 11. Let me get down here to it. Uh, Yeah, look at that. Look at verse 4. Well, let's get 13 first. 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And look down here at verse 13. Paul was talking about the bad guys. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves 
into the apostles of Christ. In other words, they're trying to fake it and make it look like they're good Christians, but they're not. Notice how he explains it. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. In other words, he can make himself appear as though he's one of God's angels. Let me switch this to the Living Bible here. That's verse 14. Uh, Let's see. Satan can change himself into an angel of light. Well, there's no such thing as angels, so this was just a filler for the Bible. (laughs) No, it's not. Satan knows there's angels. He knows there's angels. Matter of fact, uh, the devil knows how it works. If you'll go with me to the fourth chapter of Matthew, uh, remember the temptation? Then Satan took him to Jerusalem to the roof of the temple. Jump off, he said. Prove you're the son of God. For the scriptures declare. This is the devil talking. The scriptures declare he will send his angels to keep you from harm. Where's that verse? Satan himself is quoting Psalm 91. Wow. Of course, Jesus knows better. And he says it also says not to put the Lord your God to a foolish test. Now, why would it be a foolish test? Well, because the devil said, prove you're the son of God. We don't have nothing to prove. Let me tell you something. If you're in trouble, you need help. Don't think about that tempting God. You need help. Praise the Lord. And if you get pushed off a building, (laughs) don't worry. God will keep you safe too. That's what it's about. He'll keep you well. Keep you safe. Uh, Let's go over here next to uh, book of Galatians chapter 1. Look at this. Uh, Okay. Paul's writing here and again saying to a whole church. Look at verse 8. Let God's curses fall on anyone, including myself, who preaches another way to be saved than the one I told you about. Remember, the only way to be saved is to believe in Jesus. And he says, yes, if an angel. Of course, they don't exist. Yeah, Yeah, they do too, praise the Lord. They do. If an angel comes from heaven. I saw an angel. Well, you surely could have. And you probably will. Point taken here is that praise God. The importance is, is that, you know, if they say something different than what uh, Jesus has said, well, don't pay attention to it. John chapter one. Jesus is talking to uh, Nathaniel, let me get down here. Look what he says to him. Verse 45, Philip now went off to look for Nathaniel and told him, we found the Messiah. The very person Moses and the prophets told about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, or New Hope, Owen's Crossroad, are you kidding me? Exclaimed Nathaniel. Can any good thing come from there? Just come and see for yourself. Boy, what a statement. And isn't that what we find in uh, Psalm 34? Taste and see that the Lord is good. You just need to see for yourself. The woman at the well in chapter 4 here, she told the whole town, says, y'all need to come see this guy who knows everything I ever did. Come see this guy. And Jesus, well, the town people heard Jesus themselves, and then they actually put their hands on the hips and said, we don't really care what he told you. 
We have seen him ourselves. We've seen him ourselves. So in other words, will these good things happen to you and I? Can we have these same blessings? Yeah, come and see for yourself. Watch this. And as they approached, Jesus said, here comes an honest man, a true son of Israel. Now, let's all catch this together at the same time. Nathaniel has never, ever met Jesus. Never. I mean, he didn't know he's the son of God. He didn't know. And Jesus says, hey, you there. You're an honest man. Nathaniel says, how do you know what I'm like? Well, here's how we all know he's going to blow him away. You know the story. Jesus replied and said, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. What was that all about? It'd be like me this morning if I didn't know anything about Jesus. And Jesus met me in town and said, Richard, I saw you messing with that chain this morning and you had to get that. I'd have been like, ain't nobody could have ever seen that but Jesus. Well, that's the reason Nathaniel replied and he said, Sir, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Now look at the next thing he says, Jesus. Do you believe all this just because I told you you had I seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater proofs than this. You will even see the heaven open and the angels of God coming back and forth to me, the Messiah. Well, it didn't quit just because he went to heaven. These angels are everywhere. Oh. <clears throat> Let's go to the book of Revelation just a moment. In Revelation, oh. I'm still there. Okay. Revelation, I want to go down here to. Uh, <clears throat> oh. And I turned, verse 12, Revelation 1, 12, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His, hair, his head and his hair were like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were a flame of fire. Okay, his feet were like brass. Okay. Oh, his countenance was bright as the strength of the sun. Look at that. Okay. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I was dead. Okay. And let's get down here. Let me skip just a little bit. You know the story. Now look at the uh, uh, verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. Now this must be something great. The mystery. Of course, the mystery is always revealed if you'll read. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Wow. Well, and if you read Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, it's right unto the angel of Philadelphia, right unto the church of Laodicea, right angel of Laodicea, and so forth. <clears throat> On through all, was it, 20, yeah, 22 chapters of the book of Revelation, you'll see stories uh, that are being actually just unfolded by angels here. Uh, I want to go to the 22nd chapter of Revelation here. And let's go back down here to something. Look at verse 8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. That's the reason he was testifying about it. He said, I saw it. I heard it. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel. Well, that's probably a reaction. I mean, remember, this guy's glowing, whatever. Watch what this angel does. And the angel said to me, See thou do it not. Let me put this in the Living Bible here because it takes a little bit of time 
trying to straighten out some of these words there. Let's go back to verse 8. Then the angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. I'm coming soon. God who tells his prophets what the future holds has sent his angel to tell you this will happen. Notice this, sent his angel. Okay. Blessed are those who believe it uh, and all else written in the scroll. Verse 8, I, John, saw and heard these things and fell down to worship the angel who showed them to me. But he said, no, don't do anything like that. Now watch these next few words. I too am a servant of Jesus as you are and as your brothers, the prophets, as well as all those who heed the truth stated in this book. Wow. I too, what? Am a servant. Am a servant. And what are they supposed to do? Well, they protect you and I. Let's look at one last verse here. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18. Matthew 18, look at this. Remember, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is going to reply back to this because they're saying, you know, well, hey, which one of us is going to be the greatest? Jesus took a small, chi- a small child over him and set him uh, to set the little fellow down among them. <laughs> Don't you know, even to this day, that little kid could care less what they were talking about. Why? Because he knew he was among friends. He knew Jesus already was answered everything. He was totally just wrapped up in knowing I'm all right. I don't know what all this big talk's about, but I'm okay. I don't need to know. And it's the same thing with you and I. We don't need to know. We're okay. Just like what my mama was talking about earlier. Said, just tell them just to fall back in the arms of Jesus. Good way to look at that. He says, unless you turn to God from your sins and become his little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of God, heaven. Therefore, anyone who humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And any of you who welcomes a little child like this because you are mine is welcoming me and caring for me. But if any of you causes one of these little ones who trust in me to lose his faith, it would be better for you to have a rock tied to your neck and thrown into the sea. Woe unto the world for all its evils. Temptation to do wrong is inevitable, but woe to the man that does the tempting. And he says, if your hand or foot causes you to sin, it's better to cut them off. Remember all that, okay? And if your eye causes you to sin, you know, rip it out, that kind of thing. Let's well, watch what happens here next. I skipped a little bit, excuse me. Oh, uh, yeah. Verse 10. Beware that you do not look down upon a single one of these little children. For I tell you, here we go, that in heaven their angels have constant access to my Father. Now notice this. They're angels. Now, it's not just kids, because we're kids. And Jesus used the child to describe us. And then he, he didn't say, well, it's okay to offend adults. You won't have a millstone wrapped around your head if it's adult that loses. No, it's all talking about us. And then he said, we all got to be like little children. So, we all have what? <clears throat> Their angels have constant access to my father. And I, the Messiah, came to save the lost. Or you could say he came to save these kids. Keep them out of trouble. Now, notice he said here, have constant access. Well, the King James says, behold the face of my father. But now, so these angels that belong to Dustin, me, Fred, all of us in this room, they're looking at the face of the father. They're, they're, I mean, they got their name on the back of their jersey or whatever. <laughs> I mean, my name is on there, whatever. Because they say, I belong to Richard. And it says they have what? 
If it's an emergency, guess what? They've got constant access. I don't care what's going on. Constant access they can get in there. Let me show you one last verse. Oh, and we'll stop here. This is really amazing. Uh, Let's see. Let me get down here. In Exodus, I want to show you what was on Aaron's clothes. Not the fellow that just left here, but in the Bible here. Oh, let's see. 29, I believe it is. Let me see. One. Oh. <laughs> Let me get down here to it. Twenty-eight. Excuse me. Here we go. Uh, it says, "Consecrate Aaron, your brother, and his sons, and all these guys. They're priests. Okay, make special clothes. Okay." Now, I always like to think about, you know, choir robes and stuff like that. And I even think the Methodist Church, I think that's great uh, uh, what they do. Uh, in, uh, uh, and I know why they did that. That's to represent something. But I want you to see about these special clothes. I want you to see something very unique about this. A uh, uh, lot of fantastic things. Look at verse 9. See, now, remember, if you belong to Christ, you're Abraham's seed. You've got the same blessing as Abraham. Now, watch closely What's going on the collar here of Aaron? Look at verse 9. And I want you to think about your name because that's the purpose. Let me get back down here to it. Oh, close that down. We're at verse 9. Yeah. Okay. Take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the tribes of Israel. These things were placed on the shoulders. One black stone... Couldn't be too heavy because you got to wear this thing. But their names were written on it. Now, why? He's going to tell us why. And you're going to put on them the names of the tribe of Israel. Now, you need to remember, okay, your name is in there. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Same thing. Now, watch what happens here. Six names shall be on each stone so that the tribes are named in order of their births. When engraving these names, use the same technique as making the seal and mount the stones in gold settings. Fasten the two upon the shoulder. Okay, we got that. Now watch this. Fasten on the shoulder as the memorial stones for the uh, people of Israel. Aaron will carry their names, look at this, before the Lord as a constant reminder. Not for Aaron, but for the Lord. Jesus is your high priest all the time. Your name is before God every second of the day. In the Old Testament, they, they slayed a lamb in the morning and they slayed a lamb on the sacrifice in the evening. It was all the time. The showbread, the reason we got candles up here, this is the table of his presence. And your name is before God all the time. And no wonder Jesus just said about those angels, your angels are beholding the face of your father. Right now, your angels are just watching the face. And they have access. The split second something goes wrong, they're in the very presence of God to do something back for you and I. And God's not going, well, let's don't do anything. No, He's there to help you. He'll get you out. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. We're not feeling good. You'll make us well. Hallelujah. Lord, and also, if we're hurting financially, you'll take care of that. Praise God. Been young and been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. 
You supply all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Just like the children of Israel, they had no water. And all of a sudden, they would say, Lord, help, we don't have any water. And you would bring the water out of a rock. Doesn't matter. You'll help us. Father, same thing's true no matter what we face, no matter what problem we could ever have. You'll get us out. So that didn't leave anything left. But for us to act like this is so, be happy, and tell others what great things you're doing for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Glory.